Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And for this show, I'd like to recommend The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, a book that will help you stretch your thinking. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew and joining me is... Levine Cora. Hey, Levine, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I've had a pretty impactful day already today. Yes. Yeah, I, well, I kind of sat with a, a friend earlier, that I, a co-worker, I guess, that I used to work with uh, back when I was selling cars, and uh, he had some stuff that he wanted to uh, talk about. So, oh. you know, we really focused on, on focused on listening to him and uh, found out some of the things that uh, were bothering him, bothering him and uh, just kind of different ways to, you know, get around him. So it was a pretty good conversation uh, over, a, over a cup of coffee over at uh, Starbucks here. So you're helping him out with like selling cards and such? No, not with cards. Uh, just more personal stuff that he oh, was going okay. through right now. He's going through uh, some, and I don't even know if he'd want me to say stuff like that. But you know, there's uh, some personal stuff that he's going through that he's got to deal with, and uh, you know, just kind of giving him some insight on, on different ways of thinking and uh, just different ways to even get around it, so he can uh, improve his personal situation, so then his uh, work situation can also improve. Yeah, that's a cool way to start the day. Yeah, that's a right good on. two and a half hour talk. So Absolutely. So we're going to get into today's topic, which is comfort, contentment, and complacency. I think with these words, one we mostly have positive associations with, one is mostly negative, and there's one that's a bit of both. And we're going to go ahead and de- deconstruct that throughout this episode. But any initial thoughts there, Mav? No, you know, I, I obviously phoned you up kind of uh, yes. to have an idea of what you wanted to talk about because, I mean, the three words to me when I read them are all very similar. Um, they all have had similar meaning. And, you know, when I started putting some thought into it and kind of saw the vision of where you wanted to take this conversation, it really gave me, you know, just a different way to open up my mind and just think of different things that, you know, hopefully our listeners will be able to get uh, quite a bit more information on, on, you know, what it means to be in a comfortable position or being content or even being complacent. So I'm excited. I think that is a very fair point that they are, in fact, very similar words. I'm going to propose and we will deconstruct this further probably throughout the episode and maybe we'll come to a slightly different conclusion by the end. But I want to propose at the front that comfort as a temporary joy, contentment as a way of life and complacency as a pattern to avoid. Let's start with comfort as as a temporary joy. And we'll definitely get deeper into this whole idea of, of comfort as well. And this is the word that I said at the outset that I think it's a bit of both. I think it does have positives to it, and it also has negatives to it. You can make comfort as a goal in life. And I think if you if you make that your goal, it's not necessarily difficult to achieve and I think for a lot of people, you know, if they made an extra 10 grand a year, maybe even less than that, maybe an extra two grand, three grand, four grand a year would afford them that lifestyle that they want to be able to live and be able to do that comfortably. And 
there's nothing wrong with it. I think for people that have bigger goals, though, comfort can actually end up being the enemy of, of moving towards those goals. And it's not just about you when it comes to achieving goals. Really, it's about the people that you're going to help in the process, or at least I feel philosophically, it's not just about me. I, I am in a somewhat comfortable place in life, but I need to see beyond that and that would enable me to make bigger dreams come true, not just for myself, for others, be able to donate more of my time, more of my money, more of my abilities in ways that I would like to do, and maybe not even ask for money. I mean, wouldn't that be an amazing thought? Like right now, I'm not going to turn down money when I'm, when I'm paid it. So, you know, to be in a position where I don't have to, you know, get something from it myself and be able to just give myself completely, that's also something that I want to work towards. So comfort could potentially be the enemy of that. No, you know, I agree with you. There's there's some good positives on thinking that you're in a comfortable comfortable position and some negatives as well, right? I mean, I mean, a lot of people that we know, you know, are happy with where they are and that is being in yeah. a comfort position, right? And then there's people who are unhappy being comfortable about where they are. So you're right. It, it really depends on how you look at the situation that you're in. And I mean, everybody's going to be, uh, they have their own, um, I guess, experiences on what comfort means to them based on yes. where they've where they are today, right? So, I mean, this is a great idea. What kind of made you think about when you first think of the word comfort, David? Well, I, you know, obviously I've raised these three words because they are similar and they, they have similar meanings, but they, they're also, you know, talking about how they are different is really important. You think of, you think of comfort and basically you think a cushy life, you know, you have money in, in the bank account perhaps, or maybe you know, you're just comfortable in a relationship and you've been with that person for so long, maybe you, you don't necessarily see that that's the best person for you or not. And, and you're beyond the point of even telling. You're just like, well, you know, that person's there, so let's keep it as is. And, and that can be a form of comfort. So comfort is, it means, you already said it, you know, it means different things to different people. And there are different ways of, of defining it. But ultimately, I think what we're talking about here is just that state where, you know, you're not going to push for change. Perhaps you're going to start resting on your laurels and not thinking about moving ahead or what, what the future will bring, not preparing for what, what's ahead of you, which you just never know what could be waiting for you on the other side of it. Right. You know, I like the idea of not knowing where you're headed. Uh, you know, sometimes if we look at it a little bit differently, sometimes we don't know where we want to go. And, you know, we have a lot of people in our life that are, you know, some people are pushing us towards our goals and our dreams and our aspirations. But then there's people who want us to stay in our comfort zone, right? True. So if you look at the actual other side of the meaning comfort, those people will actually console us and, you know, and keep us where we are. They don't actually allow us to grow or want us to grow out of that comfort space that we're already in, right? Uh, so that's another way of looking at the actual meaning of comfort too is consoling people and keeping them in their in their uh, same spot they're already in right so that's kind of the another word that uh, you know another thought that I had on that word and but I think I know where we want to go with this conversation it's about getting out of your comfort zone uh, no matter if you are successful or not uh, mm. I mean the idea is to never be comfortable where you are right I mean it, we all hear the fact either you're growing or you're dying right just like a plant either it's going to grow it's going to die a plant doesn't get comfortable where it is people should also then follow suit and not get comfortable uh, 
where they are, right? We would we would hope, and, and that's our aspirations and, and our beliefs that we want our listeners to continue to grow and not be comfortable at work or at home uh, in doing just the minimums. And we really do want people to go out and get out of their comfort zone and do the maximums. Mm. And I don't really want to push anybody to be unhappy. I think that's a different trajectory altogether. Some people might think that leaving comfort equals unhappiness, but I think there's so much joy actually that comes from stepping out of what you might consider to be comfortable, having conversations with people you wouldn't normally have, taking risks that you wouldn't normally take. Those things can actually bring quite, they can be quite exhilarating and bring a new joy and a new energy to life. So if you feel like you're just kind of meh, I don't care. And <laughs> the book that I'm reading right now, Hustle, talks about that too, with Neil Patel and the other authors. But yeah, if you're if you're at that point where you're just going, I don't care, then it might be time to reevaluate. Well, you know, and the other thing too is, um, you know, we got to figure out why we're comfortable as well, right? So you're right, you don't have to grow outside of it, right? But you always hear that, you know, if you want to grow, growth is always outside of your comfort zone, right? So you have to push yourself. So if you're somebody, you know, who's a, uh, you know, you always go within yourself and before you go outside of yourself, you know, that's where most people are comfortable. That's okay as well. But in order to break through your fears, you have to get out of your comfort zone as well, right? So if that means uh, going up to somebody and introducing yourself that is really a, a cool way of getting out of your comfort zone and breaking those fears right and and if you're already good at saying hi to people it's about making yourself uncomfortable enough to go to say hi to people that you generally wouldn't say hi to right or maybe maybe putting yourself in situations that you don't like to be in for example uh, you know if you're if you're walking the streets of any downtown major metropolis and and uh, getting out of your comfort zone and asking the person who lives on the street say, hey, you know what? If you don't mind me asking, how'd you get here? And that can really get you out of your comfort zone enough to start understanding other people. Yeah. And like, it's also a thing of default habits. So I, I do think that we are all wired in a way to continually expand and we can we can hinder that process and we can stop that process from happening as human beings and i've i've sometimes heard this analogy of like an elastic band you can stretch it as far as you want but it will shrink back to its original size uh, given you know enough time it's like an athlete that stops training after years and years and years of training are they still strong are they still fit are they still healthy yeah probably as long as they haven't done anything terribly unhealthy but if they you know if you ask them whether or not they could run at the speed they're running before jump at the height they were jumping before or be able to land the kind of shots they were landing before maybe not and that that's the kind of thing that can happen if you're not in peak physical condition so i think comfort zone is is the same thing we don't always step out of it because that's just human nature sometimes it's just easier you know when you think about whether it's easier to go out or stay in well it's easier to stay in is it easier to ask the stranger for directions or are you going to stubbornly insist on checking your phone for it <laughs> well it's easier to check your phone so well, I think that's definitely something you hit on the male ego, right? What we do yeah. is we don't want to ask directions. We don't want to look at the map. We're just going to drive in circles until we find that one turn that doesn't exist, right? So, that's right. <laughs> but you're right. No, it is about getting out of your, getting out of that comfort zone and 
asking people for help, right? And I think that's kind of what I, where I was kind of saying where, you know, sometimes the people that console us and, and, and try to comfort us on based on where we are have a good intention. But if we're trying to get out of that comfort zone and do more and be more than what we want to do, uh, then we, we have to also be comfortable enough to understand ourselves and walk away from the people who only want to keep us at their level. What are your thoughts there? Well, I think it all, it all comes back to fear. You know, it's the only reason that we don't take action is because we're afraid of something. And I've heard it described as the thin veil of fear. That's really easy for somebody that's courageous to say, (laughs) but it, it is true. You know, there's nothing else. There's nothing stopping you except for fear. Right. And you know, the other thing I think, uh, other than fear too, is sometimes it's our negative self-talk that keeps us in our comfort zones as well, right? I mean, we, we, uh, we can say whatever we want to ourselves because we feel we're not harming anybody until we start talking and we notice that a lot of the words are negative and our own negativity can keep us in our comfort zone, right? I think positive words will get you out of your comfort zone if truly that is what you want. Uh, and I think people listening to the show probably want to get out of their comfort zones and, and make something of themselves by using their power and, and able to do that. And using the power of your tongue will allow you to do that as long as you speak in a positive way, right? So I think having the right words uh, with the want to change is, is going to be huge too. So self-talk is actually another huge topic and, and I agree. It's really important one and, and to be pay attention to what you're saying to yourself. But I think it's also rooted in fear. Essentially, you're you know, if you say to yourself, Well, I can't do that, that's that's fear. If you're if you're saying to yourself, I can't build this business, I can't talk to this person, where is that rooted in? It's rooted in fear. So, you know, I agree the effects of self-talk, definitely pay attention to them, but the root is often deeper. Well, it is definitely deeper, right? It could be an experience that you've had and that keeps you in your comfort zone, right? I mean, I find for myself, sometimes I am my own worst enemy, right? I'll stop myself based on the words I say to myself, right? Am I afraid to go meet people? No, not really. I can actually go talk to anybody and I'll have deep conversations and have intellectual conversations with, you know, a person from the street all the way to up to a CEO of any major corporation. I can do that. But it's that fear uh, that I, I give myself by the words I tell myself, like, oh, I don't know if this guy really wants to talk to me well i'm i'm putting myself in a fear position a fear position without even knowing the true story that maybe that guy that i want to go talk to is actually more afraid of his own shadow right but he just doesn't show it because they can carry it better right he's more comfortable in, in in keeping that as a hidden fact about themselves right so i personally feel you know self-talk can, can get you to places you want to go but yeah you do also have to know what the root of your fear is as well right yes and I also want to challenge this to both of us actually to think a little bit deeper because we have this this common saying or common term comfort zone. But really, what is that? You know, this discomfort radius that you have, does it just default to a certain comfort zone or is it just imagined? You know, I think we need to we need to think a bit deeper and talk a bit deeper on this idea of comfort zone because I'm not I'm not totally sold on it myself. Well, you know, I know for myself, comfort zones, my comfort zones are based on what I believe to be my safe areas, right? Mm-hmm. So I think everybody has that where, where they make their comfort zone the easiest place for them to go and not be hurt in any uh, way at all, right? So if it's physically hurt or mentally hurt or mm-hmm. exhausted through other people. So, I mean, we all go to our different comfort zones. Some 
people go sit on the couch, some people will go meditate, some people will go into nature, you know, some people read a good book, some people will go actually go talk to a friend and, and not only on the phone, but actually meet somebody for a coffee, right? It's based on where they are at that time, I think too, right? So I think we all go into comfort zones differently. We all come out of our comfort zones differently as well, especially as men and women, right? We all, uh, men for, for sure, you know, we just want to be left alone, go figure out our own problems out where women will say, you know what, I, I'm not comfortable. I'm going to go talk to somebody about it, right? So mm. we have to look at the different sexes as well and the way they, you know, come out and in and out of comfort zones. So part of it is at, le- at least partly rooted in in our own safety and, and perseverance as, as human beings. I guess a lot of our actions really are dictated by by that, uh, I guess, base instinct that, that exists in probably most human beings and, and animals as well. So, so that makes sense. And yeah, everything else is definitely shaped by media, by your upbringing, by your parents and, and that kind of thing too. You know, we'll have to maybe even come back to that topic of, of comfort zones because I think there might be a better analogy even than that. But, you know, this is this is a conversation that's a little bit separate from that. So we'll come back to it again when we have had a chance to think more deeply on it. We'll, we'll get into contentment now. And I think contentment as, as a way of life is a good thing. And this is what I was saying earlier about not necessarily always choosing to be unhappy. I think contentment just means that you are at peace with your present circumstances. It doesn't mean that you're satisfied with them because you might be working towards something more. Or might There might be things about your current situation that you actually want to change and move beyond. So it doesn't mean that you're, you're satisfied. It's, it's like you're at peace with who and where you are and you're grateful for it. And I think gratitude is such a powerful thing, but you're not satisfied with it. You know, and it's funny, I'll challenge you on that thought because when you read the definition of it, it really does say that you are satisfied with the results of being content, right? So it's actually very interesting that, you know, I can see where you're coming from saying you're not necessarily satisfied, you're happy currently with your status, but you're working on moving to another level, right? I mean, just like, you know, any entrepreneur, I think you have to, as you build towards your business, you have to find places and plateaus where you can sit and rest and take a look at all the you know the path that you've taken and be happy with that be content with everything you did to get you to where you are plan and then continue to grow right so i agree with you uh, in that respect but you know but according to what the dictionary's definition was it's saying that you're satisfied and i think any real entrepreneur would never be satisfied with their results they always want to keep growing from where what they've been able to create and i think real entrepreneurs will also then want to not stay in that comfort zone either you know trying to just going back a little bit as well and want to continue to get out of their contentment zone not saying that it's a bad thing to stay in it because it's okay to be content with where you are in life for as long as you need to but as long as i think you eventually get out of that place i don't know if actually the definition is entirely in conflict with what i'm saying because it says being satisfied with a state of contentment so i think you can be satisfied with contentment but it doesn't necessarily mean to be satisfied with where you are even though the word satisfied is in the definition so so in that sense i don't know if it's entirely in conflict but i definitely 
hear what you're saying. Well, you know, it's funny. When I looked up the definition of all three words, they actually all said that you are happy with where you are currently. <laughs> you know, it's actually pretty funny. That's why when I phoned you, I was just really <laughs> wanting to know what you want to talk about because when I read the definitions, they all sounded the same. And obviously, as we start digging deeper into the words, we can we can start seeing the meanings may be similar, but they're very different on how people take action uh, based on where they are if they're in any one of those three category of words. And I think that's a that's a fair point to raise and also a fair argument. And I think it's definitely worth delving into the fact that, you know, the dictionary defines them in, in a similar way. You know, I, I think words tend to go a lot deeper than that without actually going into like an etymology dictionary, without actually exploring how the English language was constructed. We, we can't really know the full meaning of it. We just have kind of this overall accepted standards for words within dictionaries. Here I am challenging dictionaries, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that that could also uh, be a trap as far as it could limit your understanding of what each word means. If, if I think it's very good for us to take a look at that, especially in context of, of three very similar words. But without going deeper into them, I don't think we can really flesh them out. No, for sure. You know, and, and one of the things when, you know, about going deeper and, and really understanding what I think contentment was, you know, I, I go look at my past history and I'll look at, you know, um, all the different jobs I've worked at. And I find sometimes even uh, employers are content with hiring the people that may not be qualified for positions because they need hmm. to fill seats, right? So that was one of the things that I thought of, that people don't necessarily always qualify for what they do. It's something that I mentioned in previous episodes as well. But, you know, the management will hire them because they're really, you know, saying, oh, they can do a pretty good job, so we'll keep them. They're happy with what they do, but not, you know allowing themselves to find people that can excel beyond their own, maybe, uh, you know, where they are their se- themselves in their own self-image as well. I guess that could also be an issue of, of settling, but like part of one of the joys of life and maybe one of the fears at times is not knowing what's coming next. It's almost like, you know, I've had this experience too, where I feel like I'm following a path. I almost feel like I know what's, what's coming next, what's happening next. And in the last two years or so, I've come to a point where I have no idea what's happening next. And I know that we're working on these projects. I know I'm working on my business. I know I'm freelance writing for, for a lot of people, but there's been a lot of unpredictable random things happen too. And so, you know, that's, that can be one of the interesting thing, things about life. And if you, if you waver or if you allow yourself to waver, and I think we all, we all mature emotionally over time, but you could be weak emotionally. You will begin to waver up and down, up and down, up and down because of the challenges and various things that life gives you. So it's really hard to achieve a state of, of contentment. But I've talked about before about how being peaceful at work for me is the ideal state because I don't feel like I'm rushed or hurried and I feel like I can focus better on what I'm doing when I'm in a peaceful state. And I think that's partly what I mean by contentment as well. Right. And I do like the idea of wanting to achieve more, but I think we're just like with anything, right? Like we, like I was mentioning about, you know, if you're climbing that ladder and, you know, you got to sometimes stay at the plateau and then kind of keep going up that ladder, you know, it's kind of what you do, right? And everything is, has to be looked at in a time frame as well, right? So uh, you might be happy with where you are today, but I think most people are happy, but they continue to work towards something better or work to gain something more either at war 
work or in their business, or in their family life, uh, in their spiritual life, whichever one it is, right? But it does take time uh, to grow from where you are mm-hmm. into a new place and then be content with where you are there and then to continue to learn more and grow some more and then move to the next level and then find more contentment there as you continue that journey and as you continue that uh, step by step uh, to where you ultimately want to be. And being frustrated with that, I think, would actually slow you down in a way, you know, from getting you to where you want to go, just constantly fighting against the currents and, you know, not seeing the current challenges as just the stepping stones onto a new you. And in a way, life will present those things if you are on a path of growth. I can't, I mean, I can't really speak to if you're not on a path of growth, because that's not me. I can only speak to what I know. But I know that when I'm pursuing something more than these challenges come along kind of out of nowhere and I think they're there as as a test and to see if you know I'm going to continue in spite of all these setbacks so you know the the flip side of of contentment being discontentment which at times can actually be a powerful thing I think there are ways to use your power if you are discontent with the situation I think that's probably why you know some of the the people uh, the revolutionaries of our of our time are pushing for changes in the world whether it's against uh, slavery or against racism and all these things still exist in the world and so being discontent with that I think has its place you know, I'm going to go back just a slight bit just with what you said about frustration, right? I sure. Mean, I think frustration can bring uh, discontentment. I think it's a great place right. to be because if you allow yourself to be frustrated, but you take positive results or positive action to gain better results, and then it's a good thing to be frustrated because I think through frustration, do you learn? But if you allow the frustration to overtake you, then definitely it's a bad thing, right? Um but it really depends on how you deal with it, right? And how you deal with your stress. Everybody deals with stress differently. I know, you know, uh, you know, I've been at different jobs and I've been frustrated with my own mm. results. But it's what steps I took after I realized why I was frustrated to get myself out of those positions and to then do much better uh, in my job and in my employment, increase my paycheck as well, right? So until I had the... Uh, idea, hey, you know what, I don't want to be content with where I am. I am in discontent, you know, with where I am right now. Um, the, only then was I able to change my position. That's a really interesting point. And I, yeah, I think so there is an argument for being discontent as well. Did you have any other points on contentment, Matt? Well, I got a bunch of other ones, but I mean, we can use them in all the different <laughs> places and, and maybe oh, okay. connecting things together. So absolutely don't keep going. Great. Uh, yeah. And so we could move into complacency as a pattern to avoid. You know, I, I don't know if there's a lot of power in complacency, but maybe we'll end this discussion having found what that power is potentially. Complacency means to rest on your laurels and not try any harder. Uh, you often find people that are complacent lose their jobs because they thought they were secure forever. You often find them losing their, their spouses or significant other because they weren't doing anything to woo that person. They weren't putting in any effort into building that relationship and communicating with them. You find people that are complacent, lose their businesses, lose their investments, all kinds of things. doesn't always happen that way. Complacency ramifications too, but there's definitely bigger consequences at times from being too complacent. 
No, you're right. And again, when I read the dictionary on the definition on this, it said you were happy with your current results. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and sometimes people are happy with their results. But I think the other part of that, what the dictionary said on the meaning was that they don't realize there's a danger in that, right? So thinking yes. that your, you know, $12 an hour job will continue to satisfy you for the rest of your life. I mean, it might sound great in theory. You may not be someone who wants a lot, but if you don't understand that inflation will eat at, you know, eat away at your bank account, eat away at your money, that $12 an hour job is really, it's going to be harmful for your future wants and your future, future needs as well, right? So I think if people understand what that means, they would go ahead and uh, take care of themselves uh, in a way, you know, and not be comfortable, again, and not be content with where they are, right? I think complacency really is the the ending of where you end up if you allow yourself to get comfortable and, and then be content with where you are if you're in a negative way of looking at it, right? I think there's a, a potentially a good side at looking at complacency. Uh, if you're someone who has millions and millions of dollars and, and let's say you earn a residual income, you might be complacent. You may not yes. mind that that's the type of income you make but you know some people get uh, in a place where they don't necessarily mind mind their own business i think we were kind of talking about owning your own race course you know we didn't coin that term but you know uh once you think you own it sometimes people give that ownership to somebody else saying ah somebody else will take care of it and because they spend years and years and years not worrying about about it someone else will take advantage of their complacency as well yeah I, I, you know, like me right now with the music entrepreneur, I am fairly, you know, content with the traffic growth. I'm content with my email subscriber growth, but I am discontent with the sales. I want to increase the amount of revenue that's coming in and, and profit ultimately that's coming in through the business. And I think that's like a healthy discontent, content, but it's also just seeing the next next steps. You know, the, the definition of an entrepreneur is really knowing what the next move to make is. And without yeah, I think that's what, you know, life is uncertain, like I was saying earlier. So it can be really hard to know what the right decision is. And sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith because you really don't know. But entrepreneurship is definitely built on just going, this is what we're going to do next. Right. And I think you have a good concept too, right? I mean, building your business brand and building your your business over the last uh, year or so, it's, uh, you know, since you've, I think, been going really hard on it. You know, I know you've been going for a couple of years before that, but, you know, just conversations we've had and, and just showing, you know, things that, you know, we can try and, and you've been able to implement those uh, ideas, right? I mean, you are someone who I think when you looked at your own business and, and you said, you know what, I need to take care of myself. You know, no one else is going to build your business. Yeah. No one else is going to build your website, uh, you know, for you, especially at the phase you're at right now, right? You're in that growth phase of your business. You're building that traffic. Um, But if you had said, you know, no, no, I'm going to leave it to other people to do it for me, you know, then you're not really taking ownership either, right, of what uh, needs to be done. Um, And I think, I know you personally, I don't think you would ever allow that to happen, but there are a lot of people out there that get, you know, comfortable with where they are and and they're happy, you know, having three, four, five hundred people come to their website uh, and they're more happy with those initial results but if that's not your initial goal if your initial goal is to have sales and create an income then you shouldn't allow yourself to be complacent in, in a way to say you know it's false uh, it's I guess it's, it's really building your hopes on false evidence 
Mm-hmm. Ownership is huge because I think they actually call it the 30 second miracle where the moment that you realize or decide that you are responsible for everything that's ever happened in your life. And, and that's not necessarily true in the sense of there were factors you could not control. You, you de- didn't necessarily control the fact that your parents decided to have you. And certainly before your mind was developed and your body was developed, you didn't have the choice of making autonomous choices for yourself. But still looking at it as, as something it's actually an empowering thing. People actually look at it the other way where it's a, and I did too, like where it's a fear-based thing. You know, if, if I take ownership for everything, well, that means that it's my fault that I'm where I'm at. And then I'm saying, yes, that's exactly right. You, It's your fault that you are, where, or your, you know, thanks to you that you are where you're at. Right. You know, and, and that's a great way of looking at it, David, too. I think, yeah, obviously, I know me and you both, we have some, we have a really good head on our shoulders, really understand, right? So what, you know, what our words will mean to us, right? So even if we, we realize, you know, if we're going to say some negative statements based on our own performance, I think we realize that we correct that right away, uh, or at least in the conversations we have with each other, we'll tell the other person, hey, you need to correct what you're saying. Uh, because, you know, if you continually say what you're saying, you're only going to get the results you're speaking into existence, right? Um, but I do like the the concept of what you're saying. Um, one of the things that I thought, you know, was thinking about uh, complacency is why would someone want to be in that mindset you know mm. and and my the thing i came up with was it was a word called ego mm. you know some people don't want to listen to what other people say even other people may be telling them hey you know what you may want to get out of this industry or you may want to leave that job or hey have you considered i think your wife is cheating on you you know but people don't want to listen to what other people have to say they think they're right all the time that even if something bad would happen they could deal with the situation i think it's that they come from a place of ego sometimes and they don't allow other people to, to, to influence them because they think they know more than somebody else uh, and then they tend to you know sometimes make bigger mistakes uh, that you see happen in business all the time right you have a boss will call a meeting employees will kind of give their information and give an idea of what they think and then the boss will not implement any of those ideas <laughs> but if you realize that the employees probably have the frontline access to all your customers you should listen to what your employees have to say you may not yeah. implement everything they say but you can implement ideas or expand on those ideas and the bosses who don't do that i think are coming from a place of ego and part of defining complacency i think is just you believe you're in a position of that where you're not threatened. So nothing, nothing could change in, ne- in, in a negative way. You don't believe that it will change in a negative way, even if uh, contrary to evidence that might suggest otherwise. I was watching a movie recently. I don't remember the title because I didn't even like it. And so <laughs> I'm very unlikely to remember it. But it was like a futuristic movie and uh, like probably in the near future, really, where they were beginning to explore, you know, what VR was going to mean for our, for our future, which is a very timely and, and relevant topic to, to be dis- discussing. But I feel like the main character was very complacent and, and he ends up lo- losing his job by the end of the movie, but also regaining his job uh, in a way because of all the experiments he was doing with his VR, you know, with all of his fantasies and distractions. And, and so they kind of come back to him and say, you know, this is pretty fascinating stuff. Can they want to implement it? So, so, you know, you're hired back on. 
Right. So based on what you're saying on this movie, do you think that even if you're complacent and don't worry about some negative consequences, that good things can still happen? <laughs> Maybe they can. I, 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 I kind of have a tendency of thinking like long term, that's still not really going to work out. Right. Because over the course of the movie, he kind of loses his girlfriend, sort of gains her back by the end, loses his job, kind of gets it back. But like his, him and his girlfriend had just made the decision to go out and live in the country instead of trying to live this, this very difficult and stressful city life. You know, he'd resorted to a, a lot of drinking and a lot of drugs, not for any good reason that I can see. One of the reasons I hate the movie, because like, I don't think there's any good, there's, there's nothing prompting him to resort to that kind of behavior besides maybe the people that he's surrounding himself with. So in a way, yes, I think it is possible that sometimes that can result in something good. I think you, you bring up an interesting point. I'm not sure if you even picked up on it, but you said, you know, in the movie, the, the character is doing drugs and he's in alcohol and the people around him, I guess he's comfortable with it. So, yes. uh, you know, I guess your association is also huge with the people you hang out with and the people you um, decide to keep those relationships with, right? So if, if they're doing certain things, you tend to maybe do the same things as well, right? So if your friends are all drinking, you tend to want to drink as well. If your friends are doing drugs or any sort of you know uh, maybe they're uh, you know uh, taking advantage of prescription pharmaceuticals you tend to want to also do that because it's a comfort level to want to be able to connect to other people what do you think about that yes i think so and like uh, it makes me think of this example which is uh, i believe it was john eldridge and gary barkalo they did a presentation on on desire and john eldridge wrote a book called desire and it's amazing how like so many of, of uh, how foundational it was for me on my personal development journey it's something that i that i keep going back to and i can't remember if it was john or gary but they were talking about i think it was gary he was talking about this this relationship that he had with somebody else and every time they would uh uh, call each other up and go, you know, what's what's going on right now? Or what are you reading? Or what are you learning? And, and at some point that just stopped. Like he was on the phone and, and they, they had this really strong, you know, relationship between between each other. And, uh, it, you know, when he got on the phone with this guy, his response was just, oh, I don't know. And, and at that point, it was like his heart was broken and they just didn't, didn't talk any further. So, you know, whatever it was that they were, they were bonding over and connecting over was then taken away. That's not a reason to end a relationship, but sometimes it can, uh, especially in terms of communication. If we're willing to communicate, you can continue on and build that relationship. But if you're not willing, then it's very difficult. So would you agree with me that we, uh, as a human beings, as a human race, uh, you know, as co-workers and workers and, and, and friends and family members, we find security in what words people use with us? Security in words. Yes, I think so. Like maybe there's something about it that must resonate with us in a way. And that's why we're, we're around the people that we're around. Right. So if we find security in the words that we use with ourselves or what people say to us, I find one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, those secure words allow us to not grow either because we're always being told, hey, you're doing a great job. Don't worry about it. Right. I remember um, mm. there were some great ways and, and people don't 
course correct when they feel secure, right? They just say, oh, I'm in a great place right now. They, they, their friends will allow them to feel comfortable through the words they use with us as well. And then we'll feel like in a place where we don't want to have to change. We don't, you know, we become complacent because of other people's words are very secure to us, right? Uh, I think sometimes we do need a, a, a kick in the butt and people to tell us the truth and not just give us the sugar coatings of, oh, don't worry, man, everything will be okay. And those secure words make us feel good absolutely but they don't really show us what the true nature of what's about to happen to us it's interesting right because i think with with negatives you, you do something wrong and people will instantly jump on it and give you a ton of negative feedback with positives unless you're doing something extraordinary people will just you know keep silent most of the time if you're doing a good job they won't say anything uh this is kind of funny. My, my grandma messaged me the other day and uh, she says, I watched this thing that you had on YouTube and it was really good, but I didn't really care for the intermission. I was like, I have no idea what you just watched because I have a lot of stuff <laughs> on YouTube and I have no idea what you're talking about with intermission because if she was listening to Using Your Power, then we don't have an intermission that I'm aware of. So. No, we definitely don't. <laughs> so was she no even idea. watching you or some guy that looked kind of like you? Yeah, yeah, it could be that, you know. <laughs> Everybody's uh, mistaking me for doing lots of things. Oh, well, you can credit me with a bunch of stuff I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I always say I write all the anonymous uh, quotes, right? So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like quote attribution is a, a whole funny topic too because now at this point, you, you, with the internet and everything, we don't necessarily know who who said what or who, or in some cases they didn't actually say the things we think they they said and we just use it as a story or an illustration. Right. You know, and I, I do like one of the things that you said, you know, even with your grandma, the story of, you know, she's going on. I thought that was kind of cool, right? She got yeah. out of her comfort zone. You know, you think grandma, I think 60, 70 years old. Oh, right? yeah. Easy. And you see the people getting out of their comfort zone and embracing technology and, and you know. She's she, like that. Yeah, you know, but it's kind of neat that she would do that. So I thought that was cool. She's the type of person that says, hey, you know what, even though I may not be able to use this for future success, I'm still going to learn it. I want to know what this is about. I want to know what kind of information is out there, right? So I think that was kind of a a little cool story of, of how people get out of their comfort zone. My family wants to spy on me too. (laughs) 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 <laughs> to some extent, maybe. No, I think we all, we're all we all curious about uh, all of our family members, right? We care for each other, so I, I get it. But yeah, that was, I agree. I, she is that kind of person. She totally connects with, with technology. She's a MacBook. She's probably on Facebook more than I am, so there you go. <laughs> I, think that, I think I heard a stat like that, too. There's a lot of older people, older generation people on Facebook connecting to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not don't know necessarily why, if maybe they have nothing else to do, um, or they just really find and really embrace the technology behind Facebook and, and how it allows them to connect to people that they've always had uh, a great connection with. It could be an issue of mobility as well, because I know my grandma, uh, she, she was told she could drive within within town. She lives in a small town, but that she couldn't like drive in a city like Calgary where, where we live. So there you go. Sometimes, you know, it's a mobility thing. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so I just want to take this conversation a little bit different way. I know we've talked about all three of our C's today. Yes. So maybe I'm going to throw some words out at you. You kind of give me what your thoughts are compared to uh, some of the C's. I know we didn't really practice this. Oh, I but, feel like uh, it's a psychology session or something. Yeah, you know, it's like holding up the picture and see what do you yeah, see on the inkblot exactly. kind of idea. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, being satisfied in life. So how do you think comfort, uh, contentment, and complacency really works with being satisfied or dissatisfied in life?
life. Yes. Well, I, I think uh, as kind of we've indicated throughout, you can, you can have, there are advantages to being satisfied and there are advantages to being dissatisfied with, with a situation. I, I kind of like contentment as, as a way of life because of, uh, not being satisfied with the situation, but, but, you know, not, uh, not vehemently opposing where you are. Cause, cause I mean, you are where you are and, and yeah, I think it else begins with a point of acceptance. You have to accept where you are to move on to where you want to go. So being grateful for what you do have and not thinking about or worrying about the things that, that you don't have. So, you know, satisfaction in relation to all of these, obviously, in some cases, it could be totally opposed, but comfort for some people could mean satisfaction, contentment for many people could mean satisfaction, complacency, unfortunately, for better or for worse, could mean satisfaction for, for some people. So, so there is obviously a close relation. Right. And what do you feel about when people say, you know, people who are content really don't want to reach their full potential. They're just like, happy to be where they are. You know, what do you say to those people? Depends on how you interpret it, for sure. It, I would I would agree with that statement if you replace the word compl- complacency, but I wouldn't totally agree if the word was was contentment. A healthy discontentment for, you know, things that are going wrong in the world, injustices, major problems having having a discontent for that will sometimes move you to action and and so that's that's the right thing but i th- i think if it, it's really hard for us to like move forward in life if we constantly stay in this in this state of well you know i'm not grateful for what i have and i don't care and i want this and and this this feeling of entitlement and all that kind of stuff begins to to permeate us and so I don't think that works. Right. So what are your thoughts on when people say, you know, I'm comfortable where I am. I don't really need more in life. Well, maybe you don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say that you, you're, you're going to live a fairly static life in the sense that not much changes. You know, it's often, I think my, my, one of my older pastors often said, like, you, you might have 14 years of experience, but it might just be the same one year experience repeated over and over again. So many people do live that life of the same year repeated 20 times, 30 times, 40 times, maybe more. Wow. So really not experiencing any growth, uh, but kind of just doing the same job. Uh, in, in that example, it sounds like the people may be complacent and really don't really want to work. They just kind of doing what it takes to get by. Yeah. And it's so easy. I mean, because it's like input. So what, you know, when, when DVD collections were still kind of a thing, what do you think I often watched? The DVDs I owned, right? Right. So, but that can, over time can become a pattern of complacence. Now, now you are, I don't know if that's a word, but now, <laughs> now you're absorbing the same things over and over. So you're just repeating it to your mind. Your subconscious is picking it up and now it's like beginning to program you in a way. So, so even on like an input level, what you read, what you look at, or like people that are in that pattern of life, where you go on vacation. Have you changed that up recently? Have you chosen to go to somewhere like Italy instead of Hawaii every year? You know, (laughs) have have you done anything differently just as like an exploration? Uh, And if not, like you're probably not experiencing much exhilaration for life. Right. And again, with that example, it really depends on why the people choose to go to Hawaii over and over again. It's actually a very interesting thing. As soon as you start saying that. Hawaii is amazing, by the way. It's exactly what I said to myself. And and it's funny, even when we had spoken to 
people in Hawaii when I was there um, in May of uh, 2016 here. Um, we were actually speaking to people who had visited many times. And there are people that they say, oh, we go about 20, 30 times we've been to Hawaii. Interesting enough, like, you know, you can go maybe 20 times and maybe pick 10 times to go elsewhere. So, you know, and, and maybe gain some different perspectives and maybe gain a different appreciation for Hawaii as well, right? Or yes. whatever place you enjoy to go. Um, but I think a lot of people do get comfortable going to the same place because they know what to expect. And a lot of people don't like surprises either. Exactly. No, it's it's true. And, and you know, maybe there is a good reason for going to Hawaii 20, 30, 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that there isn't. And I think, you know, in a sense, it'd be I- enjoyable. But yeah, I think unless unless you're picking up something new or getting something different from it every time, it's just rote. It's just routine. Right. Uh, so what do you say to people, David, uh, that say, you know what, I don't want to compare myself and my results to other people's results. Uh, you know, I'm content with what I do. Comparison is the root of all unhappiness. So I would urge you not to compare yourself to others. It's the same with me. You know, I could compare myself to Pat Flynn or James Schramko or Neil Patel or somebody that is more known, more successful, more, you know, ahead of where where I might be right now. And that is going to breed dissatisfaction. And so I always have to keep coming back to that. This is my story. I don't know what my story is. It's not over yet. It's still being written, I think. But, you know, even when I'm making music, I just go like, I have to make my music, even though I've listened to all these bands and artists that I really love, and I've maybe learned how to play music the way they play music. I still have to go like, I'm not Harem Scarum. I'm not Remy Shand. I got to make the music that I make and be, be true to myself. And, and to, and maybe I will in some ways pay tribute to those other artists that I love, but I still got to be me. So, you know, comparing is, is only, and why, why duplicate what others have already done? It's just, you know, an echo chamber. So Right. So what do you say to people who say, you know, I don't necessarily want to compare my success to somebody else, but I want to uh, achieve the success of somebody else. And that's why I compare myself or look up to the person I want to compare myself to. Well, I think it, it's good to have inspiration. I just think it's it's a tough road to try to duplicate and copy everything that someone has done. And for, second of all, is that actually like flattering to them in any way? Would they still respect you for doing exactly what you did or what they did? Or would they rather you have... Uh, you know, taking your own path as far as choosing a choosing a topic or a particular way of approaching your your specific business. And third of all, have you talked to them because they're human just like you, and you might soon realize that they're not that different than you. They've just made a few different decisions along the way to to get to where they are. So yeah, you can absolutely look up to those people, listen to what they have to share with you, because there's a lot of good things. I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't listen to James Franco pretty frequently and talk to you, Maveen, and, and have other, uh, you know a lot of other great input that's helped me to where I am. But it wasn't any one thing. I, like I'm more or less committed to listening to only a certain set of podcasts or reading a certain to set in books now, but it, you know, it wasn't any one thing. It was a combination of things that got me to where I am. So it's almost like refining the process to, 
to finding the right people to influence you based on where you are right now. Um, you know, that's something I've done myself, right? I, I recently wanted to start learning more about online business and drop shipping. So I actually stopped listening to certain podcasts mm-hmm. I was listening to and found new podcasts to listen to uh, so I can learn a new set of knowledge uh, from people who had already done that same business or had been successful in that business as well, right? So it was really getting out of my comfort zone of listening to the same five or 10 different podcasts, mm-hmm. the same speakers over and over again and, and researching and looking for new information. I think yeah. this is something we you know need to continually do, right? Because even if you switch topics of, you know, learning about business and, you know, continually learning just business and business and sales and sales, and it's all we focus on. But if we, you know, switch topics and start learning about art for a little while, mm-hmm. we mar- might start thinking a little bit different and start getting new ideas of how, you know, the conversations from those art podcasts can actually influence us and help us understand our business podcasts that we were listening to a lot better. Because sometimes what I find is we get so comfortable listening to the same speaker, we're not necessarily taking in the message anymore. We're just putting it on as background noise. And we don't necessarily always absorb every good detail and all those little nuggets that the the speakers are giving us, right? Because uh, we're so just used to putting it on. It's an automatic thing, right? So when you leave the genre that you're listening to and then kind of go back to it, you'll start picking up stuff in different ways that you were never picking it up you know, the first time. I really like that. And a note of caution, it will take time. You know, it took me, I don't know how long I've been listening to podcasts, maybe not quite 10 years, but like eight years or nine years, possibly took me a while to find the ones that I really feel like I get value from. And I still occasionally find ones that I want to add to my list or ones that I want to remove from my list. So that refining process is never over, but I feel like I've found some good sources that anchor me like up until that, up until the recent, that recent point, I really didn't feel anchored in in the things that I was learning. And now it, it starts to make sense. So it, you oftentimes we're missing something in that, in that foundation that we needed it's just like building a house so you know if the foundation isn't solid then you, you, you building on a house on it could be dangerous you know you might lose that house but but you know fortunately we're human beings and uh with it with business you can still go back and repair the foundation as long as it's not a literal foundation <laughs> well even if it was a literal foundation you could always repair it right you but, still could yeah. uh, you may have to move from where you are and that's figurative figuratively and literally sometimes you have to move from where you are right move out of your comfort mm. zones uh, movement and, and, yeah movement is going to get you there so my last question on on kind of uh, my little spur of the moment questioning of you and just kind of picking your brain here yeah. is what do you say to the people who say you know what i make enough money right now i'm happy where my business is i can can satisfy my family's needs. How about you look at all three C's and kind of give us a quick example of how that concept plays with each one of those. Mm. So you could certainly be be comfortable with that. Like you've probably achieved a degree of comfort if you've made it to that point, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. You in terms of in terms of contentment, absolutely. I think contentment could totally apply to that situation where you're going, you know, this is, this is awesome. I feel, I feel good about it. I'm grateful for it. You know, I'm able to provide for myself, my family, have a successful business and and complacency could potentially factor into it. If, if you're going, if you're not looking at how to continue to secure your future or in some cases diversify, I'm not saying you absolutely have to diversify, but if you have one income source and let's say it's dependent entirely on Google traffic, 
we all know what, what can happen. You know, Google could one day decide your site shouldn't rank for that keyword all anymore. And all of a sudden you're getting half the traffic or three quarters of the traffic you used to get. How's that going to affect your sales negatively? So if we're not looking to the future, we can become complacent. What if your product is not future proof? What if it's not evergreen? You know, <laughs> that could be an issue as well. So it's not going to last forever. And that product is, is only a timely thing, you know, you could say things like, uh, you know, CDs would have been like that, right? You know, joining a CD club, that was a thing people did. And you got a bunch of CDs for, for a cheap price. But that's not a business model anymore because CDs are mostly irrelevant. Right. And, you know, just going back into some of our vault of, uh, you know, episodes that we've recorded, you know, if we look at stuff like uh, network marketing, for example, one of the things network marketing teaches is to get out of your comfort zone and go meet people and not be complacent on where you are. Right. And when we, we did our uh, episode on uh, different ways to make a hundred dollars, again, that's the same concept, right? To kind of mm. keep your mind, uh, you know, mind fresh, your thoughts fresh, always looking for new ways to do new things and, and continually grow yourself as well. Right. So if you haven't had an opportunity to look and listen to those episodes absolutely uh, look for those episodes on uh, our youtube channel as well yeah or our website if it's up by the time this this episode goes up we'll see absolutely yeah any other thoughts yeah you know uh, uh thank you for kind of entertaining me in that i really wanted to just pick your brain because i know this is something that uh, well hopefully i didn't go too far of course no no i think you know you're great right i mean the examples are what i think help teach people that are listeners on what kind of they're going through as well right so i think the examples are great uh you know to help with that um so one of the things i want to speak to was i think one of the things that allow people to you know stay in their comfort zone uh and, and i i think the word comfort really speaks to me potentially maybe that's where I am I know I'm not complacent I know uh, I'm not content and, and that's mm. one of the things as well right uh, I think uh, my personality sometimes doesn't allow me to be content um, although you know I do hear from that that from several people yeah yeah you know and and maybe I should allow myself to be happy and content with what I've accomplished right but it's always I know I can do more uh, I know I can I could have done something better and that's just maybe my personality but it's also things that I'm teaching uh, myself to be uh, be better and have a better understanding of that you know just because I've, I've been able to accomplish something it's slow down and like they say smell the roses enjoy that uh, yeah. journey before I continue uh, full steam ahead you know regroup recharge uh, recheck my goals and see if I'm still heading in that direction what if maybe something's changed you know maybe something in technology has changed and now I need to take a small change of uh, core course of action right so and these are certain things that we I think should look at and these are the things that I know I'm starting to look at more and more each and every day and celebrate celebration really works and even celebrating in advance sometimes can be powerful too just celebrating the victories that are ahead you may not know what they are taking a moment to celebrate in advance i've done this many times recently it's like okay well i'm at uh, moxie's with a new friend i have no idea how i wound it up wound up here because like a day or two ago i didn't even know this guy but there we are. So I celebrated in advance and I ordered myself a dessert on top of the main course. And I said, why not? You know, I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to come here. I've been meaning to have one of these. I'm going to enjoy it. And, and we did. So it was, it was a good time, but yeah, that's, that's how fast life can change sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I think that uh, allow, you know, and, and we were trying to keep this in a positive note as well, but I think you have to understand what keeps you comfortable, what keeps you, you know, not necessarily wanting to move forward. I know people listening to this show here are, you know, go-getters. They want to learn. They want to explore within themselves. 
I think that's something we have to understand. And these might be deeper topics to talk about later, but mm-hmm. these are definitely things we can uh, bring up right now. Sometimes the ideas are all conscious or they're unconscious thoughts that we have that yeah. we don't even realize that have been programmed into us. Uh, and, and we just kind of do what we're kind of told to do or things that we've seen our parents do. We just kind of consciously or unconsciously do those things, right? And I think sometimes people are, you know, afraid to succeed as well because, yes. you know, and that's what leaves us in our comfort zone because. I think I've had this conversation with you. If not, I know I've had this conversation with a lot of different people. Actually, the the same gentleman that I met today, I asked him, uh, I said, are you afraid to fail or are you afraid to succeed? And he's Mm. like, well, I'm in the middle. I said, well, that's fine. If you're in the middle, that's okay. I said, automatically, you've chosen that you're afraid to succeed because Mm. you're afraid to take action. Right. I think most people are afraid to take action because they know they can succeed, but they're afraid of the the work or maybe they just don't understand the work that it's going to take to be a success. Right. So uh, I know for me and definitely I want to hear what you have to say. uh, For me, I'm afraid to succeed. I'm not afraid of failure. I've experienced failure. Uh, You know, so I'm not afraid of getting more failure because I understand it will take me to different levels. Right. Mm. So I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm content with understanding how that works for me. So I know for me, it's I'm afraid to succeed so the best thing i have to do is step out of my own way once i understood what it meant and now i can finally go towards my goals and this is one of the things that we started right it was uh even podcasting with yourself right it was a it was something that i was scared to do because i was like wow how hard is it going to be and really now that we got a couple of mics set up now that we're going yeah you know is it really that hard i know if you listen to episode one super nervous didn't really know what to say didn't know what to expect now i think we're on episode 16 or 17 here 17 yeah so wow 17 I know. you know and and i think the words come out naturally i'm not nervous anymore but what was i afraid of i was afraid to fail because i knew i could succeed so that was that's some of my thoughts there as well an entrepreneur a friend of mine recently asked me you ever thought about what it'd be like to have everything you want and I was like you, Maveen. I think I was in the same place. It was a fear of succeeding. Well, what's the point in doing anything once you're there? But to me, this, and I've heard this a long time ago, but it resonates for me now more than ever. Go as far as you can go, and then you'll see further. So without being there, you you, you can't prejudge what that experience is going to be like. You know, I achieved the goal of being, and then I set this goal for myself early this year was I'm going to be completely full-time freelancer at home and I achieved it and I'm there, you know, but like some of the things is nothing changed, like everything changed, but nothing changed. It's still life and you go as far as you can, you see further. So having achieved some big goals like that, I can, I can now see that it, you know, the fear of success is, you know, you just, you will, there'll be more there'll be more ahead for you once you get there. Absolutely. And, you know, and something I was also thinking about as you're mentioning to me too, uh, and and to our listeners, you know, sometimes we're not only afraid of success, we actually don't mind moving forward into it. But, you know, we forget sometimes the principles of of staying where you are are also, you know, I'll put it in quotations, they're biblical or they're all from all different mm. religions as well. I think if we look at it as, as the word of God, and no matter what religion you are or what religion you're not, I think even if you're an atheist, you could understand if you continue to stay where you are, it is a sin to yourself. And it's a sin to maybe the universe wow. or a sin to your the person that you 
say that you believe in or the words that you say you believe. If you don't take action to be the best you can be, then really you're doing a disservice to the person that, you know, that you say you believe in and this God that you mm. believe in. Or even if you just believe in your own abilities, you don't believe in God, you believe in yourself. Hey, no problem. You're doing a disservice to yourself then by being content and being complacent and just staying where you are uh, or being comfortable where you are, right? Not, again, we've we've gone through the positives of being complacent and the positives and the negatives of being them. But again, looking at what you can accomplish based on what you said, you know, I think if we look at life's journey, we're never really done taking our steps, right? The the journey of a, a yeah. thousand miles begins with the first step, you know, and, and, and that's kind of a cool thing because it's the truth, right? We'll continue taking those certain steps day in, day out, and we might have a tree in front of us and we got to veer off the path for a second. We got to then come right back on the path once we pass that tree. But it's the, you know, if the first time you see a tree and you just stop your journey and go back, you know, you don't even never really get to find out what you could have accomplished. If, if you're listening and going, I'm through and through a nine to five guy or nine to five gal, and you know, you can't imagine anything else. Awesome. Then begin to think about how you can do that nine to five job better today, this week or next, or this mo- next month. Take some time to think about what it would mean to do your job just a little bit better, just a little bit different. How, how could you add a little bit more value to the company? If, if you're an athlete working hard to become a, maybe a pro, maybe not even a pro, but a, at a competitive level, what's, what's one thing you could do today that'll make a difference? Uh, and, and really every day, how can you stay consistent with that one little thing? If, if you're a business owner, then try to do one thing in your business every day. You know, uh, people get stuck on this with, especially like on online entrepreneurs, they work for themselves. They're at home instead of, you know, thinking instead of, you know, defeating yourself, just do something. One thing today, get on Twitter today. If you're not on Twitter yet, get on Facebook tomorrow. If you're not on Facebook, write a blog post the next day. If you haven't written a blog post. Right. And, and that's a great way to get out of your comfort zone, right? Even if, yes. you know, if, you, if you're looking to work out and, and you're like you said, a great thing, right? I mean, we look up to the different athletes that we, we enjoy watching on TV and, and, you know, the sports that we all enjoy. But you have to realize that these athletes didn't stay where they were. If they, if they had, mm. they, we wouldn't really know about them, right? So same thing if you own your own business and you're looking to grow and you're looking to be the best business owner out there and have the most business and really take, you know, the money out of your competition's pocket, then you have to go out there and study and be the best at what you do. You have to understand what your competition does better than you. And, and that's what athletes do. They understand how to play their position better than anybody else mm. that can attempt to take that position away from them. Because I mean, more and more every year, people keep coming, right? And Michael Jordan didn't stop being the best once he became the best. He kept playing he kept practicing he kept he was in the gym for what I understood before anybody got there he would be in the gym after everybody left I think Kobe Bryant had the exact same type of uh, work ethic as well right so we look at athletes for that we look at uh, people who uh, you know entrepreneurs have gone out there uh, we look at the Amazons we look at the Microsofts they kind of started in the same thing they started small they grew themselves they kept pushing and learning and understanding what people wanted and kept growing their apps and, and, and their databases and whatnot so they can eventually be where they are and now be part of everybody's life. 
Yeah, think of like John Maxwell because he's established himself as pretty much the leadership expert. I realize there are certainly others out there and maybe some of you listening may not have even heard of John Maxwell. That's entirely possible, but you know, he's he's dedicated, I don't know, two decades, three decades, something like that, of his life to writing books and, and, and leadership. And something that he talks about, and I don't even remember the exact steps, so it might be a little bit different, but he says every morning, you know, he reads, he files quotes, he has like this list of things that he does every single morning to continue to learn, continue to develop, continue to think about leadership. You know, argue, arguably some of his books recently are kind of the same stuff repackaged, but, you know, I guess we all maybe come to that point in our career, especially with uh, with a subject like that. Well, for sure. And I think his goal was to write 100 leadership books. And I think the last time I heard him speak, he was somewhere in that 80s zone or something right. like that. So he had, you know, another 20 books that he wanted to put out all on leadership. And, and I mean, he has put some great information out there. And yeah, you know, some of the stuff that maybe he was saying in the 70s aren't as relevant to, you know, the 2000s right now. But maybe some of the stuff he was saying in the 70s has been rehashed and re packaged and he can really show you different examples of how he can use that right but he's the kind of guy you think of that has you know understood where he fits in uh is he content with where he is he might be but he's not content uh, on not hitting his goal his goal is to put out those hundred books so he he may be happy with where he is he's comfortable he's definitely got all the money Uh, you know he, he goes and teaches leaders from all over the world and different countries and whatnot but he continues to find ways to to grow and his attitude towards success Success is something that we could all emulate in our own lives. Maybe not to the same degree, because like we were talking earlier, we don't want to compare ourselves to it, but we can take those small daily steps the best we can and find those, you know, wins within ourselves. Yeah, I think that's the key thing. There's those few things. I think it's probably five things because he he likes that number, the rule five and so forth. (laughs) (laughs) He does those same five things every single day or whatever whatever it is to better himself as as a leader. So it's part of his personal growth plan. It's also part of writing all those books that that you talked about. So maybe, maybe for you, it's one thing. And I don't think John Maxwell spends hours doing all those things. I, I have a hard time believing it. Maybe he spends the first hour, hour and a half of his day doing those things and you know he has the time to spend with his with his family and travel and speak and all that kind of stuff too so you know you have to see see that the bigger picture perspective but any any of us can do one thing for 15 minutes every day all, all of us can yeah, absolutely. And it's it's about just uh, developing rituals that make sense for you, right? I know on previous episodes, we've talked about meditation or walking in nature, just finding really what works for you and, and contemplating the things that work for yourself and then just implementing them into your life, even just reading two pages a day or three pages yeah. a day. It's about being consistent and, you know, find ways. If, if you start doing things that get you uh, consistent, I, I, I think in, in my personal viewpoint that you'll never be in a comfort zone. You'll never be in a place of being content or even being complacent once you get out of your comfort zone and sometimes that's all it really means is to find that consistency in your day-to-day activity and I think I just uh, hissed my S <laughs> on yes. that one. Uh, sibilance I think they, they call it yeah it's, it's a problem with some singers too so you know they, that's why they have uh, DSers there you go. I yeah. think I need a DS there. Yeah, you probably do for this episode. I think actually that's that's a really great thought to to wind up on though. So unless you have anything else, no, just maybe let's do our quick final thoughts, kind of like okay. a Jerry Springer type thing. And uh, you know, what are your final uh, thoughts on the to- on the what we've been talking about? Final final thoughts. I think we've we've dis- you know deconstructed pretty much the 
the way of life I proposed at, at the beginning and the ways that maybe much, maybe it's a little bit different now that we've gone through this process of talking about it. Comfort as a temporary joy, contentment as a way of life, complacency as a pattern to avoid. Those might just be like general principles and not even principles that apply in every single situation, every single time. And, and contentment or peace with your situation can be very difficult to achieve. And I'm, I'm not, I'm no stranger to that. So I, I think we've, we've done a good job. Of, of presenting it from a few different angles to help uh, everybody understand these these differences better and all, some of the warning sides and, and also some of the positive things about each of them. Right on. A great, great summary of the show, I think, that you've put together there, David, in your words there. Uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, in, in my closing, I guess I'd like to say, I think it's everything is a choice we have. Uh, we can decide if we want to better ourselves or stay where we want. I think, you know, choosing the right friends. I know we can't choose our family members, but choosing the right the information we decide to take from our family mm. is important. Our coworkers, um, they will either help us grow from where we are or they'll want to keep us where we are based on where they're happy being as well, right? So it's not just about where we are. We have to recognize these things. Uh, I think we need to understand if we put the right people in our lives, they can help us on our journey, whatever that journey may be. I I, I hate to think that everybody is happy in, in being where they are. I think the people listening to this show want more than what they what they have right now. I think so. Uh, maybe not today, but maybe, you know, five years from now, they want to have more and, and they're going to continue to work for that, right? Uh, I think it's a choice where we decide to be and decide to stay and uh, it's also a choice to leave that place right at whenever it is the right time for us uh, one of the things i will do for our listeners here is i challenge you uh, if you're in a place of being comfortable if you're a place of being content and if you're complacent in 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 your life right now, I'm going to leave this for you. You know, I challenge you to challenge yourself and mm-hmm. I challenge you to give yourself choices and I challenge you to change yourself uh, and, and see what that can bring you when, as soon as you step out of the, that comfort zone that you may be in. Great summary. Love it. Well, thanks so much for listening. You can find us online at using your Thank you. 